One of my counseling psychology professor had an impressive skill in reading people. She could look at your face and determine what's happening inside you. You might smile, but she knew you had hidden anger or bitterness. You might be funny, but she knew you had a depression. If you have seen the TV show "Lie to Me," you know what I mean. She could read your mind through a twitch on your face or a twinkle in your eyes. You cannot lie to her. She also could ask you to draw a picture on a piece of paper and interpret the state of your mind by looking at the picture you draw. She also told me it took her over a decade of training to develop those skills through science, not through psychic. Can you imagine talking to someone who can read your mind? It's like standing naked in front of her. As you may guess, one day during the class, she told me what I was struggling deep inside. I didn't know I had that problem until she revealed it. The healing process began from then on. Without consciousness, there's no progress. Over the years, I've discovered that many people unconsciously carry a heavy burden in their hearts. Two of those heaviest burdens are guilt and grudges. It's like carrying a sack of rotten potato wherever you go, even though you don't notice it. Others might. Let me tell you a parable about the rotten potatoes. One day, a sage gave his disciple an empty sack. And a basket of potatoes, and asked him to carve the names of the people he was angry with on each potato. He said, "Think of those people who have offended you, especially those who you cannot forgive. Take one potato to represent each of them and carve their name on it, and put it in the sack." The disciple came up with a few names, and soon after, his sack was heavy with potatoes. Now carry the sack with you wherever you go for seven days," said the sage. "Then we shall meet again." At first, the disciple thought it was not a big deal. After some time, however, it becomes more of a burden. It seems to require more effort as time passed, even though its weight remained the same. After a few days, the sack began to smell the carved potatoes. Gave off a ripe odor. Not only were they increasingly inconvenient to carry around, they were also becoming rather unpleasant. He noticed he began to get used to the smell, but other people avoided him because he stunk. Finally, a week was over, and the disciple went to the sage. Any thoughts about all this? The sage asked. Yes, sir," the disciple replied. "When we are unable to forgive others, we carry negative feelings with us everywhere, much like these potatoes. That negativity becomes a burden to us, and after a while, it festers. Yes, that's exactly what happens when you hold a grudge. So, how can you lighten the load? I must strive to forgive." Forgiving someone is equivalent to removing the corresponding potato from the sack. How many of your transgressors are you able to forgive? I've thought about it quite a bit," the disciple said. 
It requires much effort, but I've decided to forgive all of them. End of the story. Forgiveness is easier said than done. Sometimes we don't even realize the grudges we are keeping, especially after years of carrying it on our backs. We might get used to it, but people around us can smell it, especially someone like my professor with decades of training. We live in a fallen world and must deal with fallen people. You can never live a happy life if you don't know how to forgive. If you want to travel light in your life journey, you must learn to keep the potatoes from weighing you down. Jesus teaches his disciples to travel light by teaching them how to remove their grudges from their backs. I know forgiveness is not easy. It's difficult for me also, especially when someone hurt you deeply and left a permanent scar in you. But Jesus had taught us a secret to forgive everyone. Forgiveness is a feature of social intelligence. It lightens the weight of your heart and allows you to be socially savvy, win friends and influence people in a genuine way. Most importantly, God promises to answer your prayers and accompany you when you maintain harmony with others. There is also a mystery about forgiveness. So today, we will learn this vital teaching of Jesus Christ from this week's scripture lesson. Let's begin. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world and I'm the keeper. No pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson for today is from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Listen to the word of the Lord. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. And the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of the slave released him and forgave him his debt. But the same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused, and then he went and threw him in prison until he would pay the debt. Then his fellow slaves saw what had happened. They were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave! 
I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Blessed are those who delight in God's word. Thanks be to God. The context of this passage is when Jesus taught the disciples to develop social intelligence by being humble like children, being patient with those behind on their spiritual journey to maturity, and treasuring harmonious living with one another. We have covered this last week. If we can live in humility and harmony, Jesus promises to answer our prayers and give us everything we ask and accompany us wherever we are. It's a significant promise. Now, Peter thought Jesus might not mean forgiving unconditionally and forever. We might agree with him. Forgiveness might have a limit. There should be a point when we say enough is enough. The Jewish tradition at that time was to forgive three times. That's where the concept of three strikes and you are out came from. Knowing Jesus' patience, Peter thought extending the number to seven times should be more than enough. It's more than twice their religion requires. The Bible says, Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. Verses 21 to 22. Depending on the version of the Bible you read, it might translate as 70 times 7. Because Jesus used a pun that could translate into either 77 times or 70 times 7. You know that Jesus is a funny and witty rabbi, often using Hebrew humor to make his teaching memorable. One of the features of Hebrew humor is exaggeration. In this case, he expands Peter's number seven to 77 times, or 70 times seven, which is 490 times. The pun was intended to make you stop counting. Unfortunately, I happen to know someone who took it literally. This man grew up frequently offended by his older brother, and looked forward to a chance for revenge. His mom always defended his brother, which made him even more begrudging. With respect to his mom, he refrained from retaliation. Growing up in Sunday school, he knew he must forgive, but he took Jesus' word literally. So he kept a notebook since he was young, recording how often his brother had offended him. He believed he's justified to revenge as soon as the number reached 491 times. By the time he was about 50 years old, his notebook was full, and he had recorded nearly 490 counts of offense. His mother has passed away, so she was no longer there to defend his brother. 
which gave him more freedom to prepare for a vicious vengeance. I didn't hear about the rest of his story. But can you imagine what a pain to carry such a heavy load of grudges all these years, almost for half a century? I hope his pastor explained to him that Jesus didn't mean for us to count the offenses. We are supposed to count the blessings, not the grudges. That's the danger of taking Jesus' metaphor literally. Sometimes I thought Jesus should have used a bigger number than 70 times 7 so that nobody can count that number in their lifetime. In any case, I hope he finally found solace in God's grace. If we read the context, we would understand why Jesus requires us to forgive uncountably. Jesus told a parable to make this point. He says, For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Verses 23 to 24. Even though in English, debt and sin are two distinct and unrelated words. In Hebrew, the word debt also means sin. That's the case in many languages, including Greek, Aramaic, Syriac, and Chinese. So when Jesus talks about debt, his audience knew he also meant sin. He says this man owes the king 10,000 talents. A talent of money in those days is equivalent to more than $1 million. That means he owed the king more than $10 billion. Can you imagine carrying $10 billion in debt? Again, remember, Jesus used exaggeration as a figure of speech to make a point. The point is this man owed the king an amount he could never repay in his lifetime. Jesus said the king represents the heavenly father. So he wants us to reflect on our own sins and realize that we owe God a debt we can never pay back in our lifetime. It's not to guilt trip us, but to lift our consciousness about the reality of life. Unless we understand this truth, we cannot appreciate God's forgiveness. As I mentioned, the two heaviest burdens we carry are guilt and grudges. Guilt is what we owe others. Grudges are what others owe us. They are exactly like debts that need to be paid. Jesus wants us to count what we owe before we count what others owe us. Let's say if we put our names on the potatoes to record our sins against God and put them in another sack, it would be much heavier than the other sack. Because he owed so much, the king ordered to sell him and his family and his possessions to recover part of his loss. So the slave begged the king to give him time to repay the debt. The king knew he could never repay such a large amount. Then Jesus said, And out of pity for him, the lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. Verse 27. Even though he begged for more time to repay, the king forgave him the entire debt. That was amazing grace. Can you imagine a $10 billion debt taken off your burden? What a relief. 
Now you could walk straight and travel light, guilt-free. Jesus continues, But the same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Verse 28. A denarius is about a day's wage of a laborer. I check our national average in the United States and found it's about $200 a day. So the man owed him about $20,000. Like him, the man begged him for more time, but he refused to forgive him and threw him in prison. The king heard about it and was angry at the ungrateful servant and revoked his forgiveness. Then Jesus said, So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Verse 35. Notice Jesus says to forgive from your heart. It's not just about external forgiveness, but internal forgiveness, sincere forgiveness, holding no grudges. The surprising mystery in this parable is that God may revoke forgiveness. That sounds contrary to our Reformed Protestant theology, which believes God's forgiveness is unconditional. How could God revoke his forgiveness? It makes us feel insecure. When I put the puzzles together from Jesus' entire teaching, I found Jesus reveals to us that God's forgiveness is like a triangle. It's not complete until we forgive it forward. Jesus repeatedly emphasizes this point. For example, he said, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Matthew 5, 7. Does it sound mercy is conditional? What it means is that our mercy completes the cycle of God's mercy. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, grace is free, but not cheap. If God forgives us without requiring us to pay it forward, it becomes cheap grace. Like the slave, it means we didn't learn anything from that grace. Jesus also taught us in the Lord's Prayer, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Matthew 6, 12. See, Jesus repeatedly taught us this triangle truth. In conclusion, there are three empowering principles we learn from this parable to enable us to forgive. Realize I owe God more than others owe me. Be grateful for God's forgiveness and complete the cycle of forgiveness by forgiving it forward. Remember, this comes with a reward. Jesus promises to bless you by answering your prayers and being with you wherever you go and wherever you are, when you forgive with humility and maintain harmony. So let's forgive it forward. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound freedom, purpose, and happiness. Amen. Bye now.